G'day there and welcome to episode 248 of the Create and Thrive podcast. I almost said the business of making podcast then. <laughs> That's my other podcast. So welcome to this episode. This is an interview with Christy O'Kane of OK Lady. And uh, I came across Christy's work, I think maybe via the Finders Keepers, and I just fell in love with her awesome, simple business idea, which is taking wonderful uh, female-created artwork and putting it onto puzzles, basically to act as sort of a mindfulness lo-fi activity. And uh, she's based in Australia, and I wanted to bring her on the show to talk about you know, the ethos behind her business, why she started her business, how she's managed to grow her business relatively quickly she started i think near the end of 2018 and she definitely credits instagram as a big part of it and uh, she talks about actually working with an instagram strategist and specialist to grow her business in that way so we're going to touch on that a bit in the episode as well so i hope you enjoy this interview we had a lot of fun chatting together Uh, This is one of the last episodes of the year. I'm going to be taking a Christmas break very soon, but there should be one or two more episodes still to come. Uh, And also, if you haven't already, check out the Business of Making podcast. We're doing an end of year wrap up over at that podcast. And uh, for our patrons, we're also doing a bit of a review episode. So kind of helping you work out uh, what you want to take forward with you into 2021. Can't believe it's almost 2021. (laughs) my goodness and uh, talk about how to sort of face and deal with any fears or doubts you might have about the direction you want to go in the new year as well Um, it was a really great episode so if you are a patron make sure to go check out that episode of the business and making podcast Uh, and also if you haven't already seen my free etsy workshops make sure to go check them out they're all available now over on my youtube channel There's a total of four of them, search engine optimization or how to rank better in Etsy search, product photography, branding, and social media, all um, basically directed straight at those of you who have Etsy shops. And it's part of the Etsy U program. So I actually work directly with Etsy themselves and this information is directly from them and I'm passing it on to you as part of these free workshops. So if you haven't checked them out already, make sure to head on over to my YouTube channel. If you just go youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den, you'll get access to my channel and please do subscribe. I'm almost at 3000 subscribers. I'd love to hit that in the next few days. That would be fantastic. And don't hesitate to share those with your communities as well. Facebook and Instagram. I made them free deliberately so that I could help as many people as possible with those workshops. So please do, if you enjoy them, share them with your friends and uh, maker communities. I'd really, really appreciate it. All right. So let's get started with this interview with Christy from OK Lady. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I'm here today with Christy O'Kane of OK Lady. Welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited. I was really excited when I came across your business I think it was via the finders keepers website Um, because I haven't ever seen anything like it and I I just love so many elements of it but before you know I I go all fangirly on you um, (laughs) can you just introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about your business yeah sure so my name's Christy and I am the founder and owner of okay lady 
I started the business in 2018. The idea just came out of my own love of jigsaw puzzles and the joy that I get from them and uh, the struggle that I had at the time to find ones that were sort of, you know, pretty to look at and cool and that had something, you know, that were using designs that weren't just those usual bland old watercolours and the the strange choices that's a basket full of kittens yeah some of them are weird (laughs) right yeah anyway basically just sort of started mulling over this idea and kind of thought hey maybe I maybe that's something I could do maybe that's maybe if that's something I want maybe there's other people out there that might want that too so I've since you know in the in the years that I've been doing this I've since come across heaps of other really cool businesses that are kind of doing great stuff in this space too. But in the beginning, I, um, yeah, I felt like there was a real gap. So um, set about trying to work out how to create a puzzle bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's not something you had a background in. Uh, no, no, not at all. Only just, you know, in the recreational sense and just, um, just enjoyed jigsaw puzzles always had. So I, yeah, it was a real kind of a very big learning curve for me starting this business. This is the first time that I had done anything like that. I've got a sort of, you know, very boring corporate business background, mm-hmm. which, you know, served its purpose for a number of years and gave me a good training ground and learning how to do a few bits and pieces. But um, a lot of the, uh, yeah, a lot of the work that went into creating OK Lady was basically me doing a lot of Googling and <laughs> um, asking some kind people to give me advice and things like that. And, um, yeah, we've managed to build up a, a pretty pretty cool little business. So one of the things I love most about your business that kind of struck me was that you actually collaborate with female artists to create yeah. your puzzles. So was that did that kind of idea hit you right from the beginning or was it something that came along as you were building the business no that was definitely something that was there from the beginning I I thought I just thought to myself in the very beginning I'd I'd quit my job and I decided I was going to start a business and I had no idea what it was going to be but I did know that that I wanted it to be something that was built by and built around women Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, if you've got the opportunity to do that, why wouldn't you? And I love working with other women and I've, I've been incredibly lucky over the last couple of years that literally everybody I've worked with has just been a complete legend and so incredibly good at what they do and just um, have added to, to what I'm doing in such a major way. So yeah, no, that was a definite, that was a deliberate decision in the beginning and something that we've been able to kind of stick with along the way, which has been, you know, it's just a, a part of my kind of philosophy on life and the, the way I feel about things. And I just sort of think creating opportunities for women and creating ways for creative women, particularly mm-hmm. to um, earn a living and money and extra ways to make money and things like that. Like, I, you know, I haven't created the whole artwork licensing kind of world that's Mm. been around for a long time but just I just thought well I'm not an artist so best I find myself some good ones who are willing (laughs) to who are willing to let me use their artworks and and be paid accordingly and all of that sort of stuff so yeah that's something that's worked out really well and it's yeah it's something that we carry into our messaging and um, the way that we promote the business and that sort of thing as well because we want other people who are interested in in buying from from female owned and and um, businesses and brands that are built by women um, Mm -hmm. that's something that we want people to know about 
Yeah, and it's a great part of your story. You know, I, I always talk to my, my students and we talk about the whole idea of branding. You know, you need to have a, st- a strong story. And if yeah. you have a strong story, then the brand kind of follows from that. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, started it's... started off look, with a strong story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was, yeah, I mean... It, you, you're cutting out half the population when you create a business called OK Lady and you make <laughs> jigsaw puzzles for women. But, you know, I kind of I, my philosophy is sort of that if you're for everyone, you're for no one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of best to choose your people and um, talk directly to them and make something that's just for them. And that's what we've tried to do. Yeah, definitely. And um, so you, you work with artists and they... D- So you license their artwork. Do they get like an upfront fee and then a cut of sales? Is that how it works? Yeah. So they get an they get an upfront fee, but that fee is it's kind of um, it's a an advance on their royalties. So um, they get uh, they get an upfront fee an upfront chunk of money, which is an advance on their royalties. And then Mm -hmm. once that once the sales are sort of ticked over to a certain point, then they start to to make that money sort of on a regular basis. And we also pay for any work that needs doing to the um, artwork. So some of them we chose and then they, you know, and they were just perfect as they were and didn't really need anything. And a couple of the others we, we, you know, um, requested a few changes to just to create a bit of coherence in the collection and, and to just, you know, adjust them to our square shape and that, you Mm -hmm. know, that sort of thing. Um, And we, we pay for that work as well. So do you generally pick pieces they've already done or have you had some actually created for you specifically? No, so far we've only, we've just chosen um, artworks that are already done. I, I did that deliberately because I think much as I love the idea of having custom pieces made just for me and my brand, it was uh, likely going to be a bit of an expensive process. So Mm -hmm. when we were starting out, that was one thing that we sort of couldn't really get into. And also more than way more than that, it was something that I just thought would make my head explode trying to (laughs) figure out what I wanted and what I liked and try and give any sort of direction or anything. I just thought, no, best to just choose things I like. And I literally just go by gut. I just, you know, I just get a feeling when I like something, you know, art is so subjective and it's, you know, what I like is going to be different to what you like and all that sort of stuff. So I don't, um, I don't dwell on that too much. I just go with my gut and choose things I like. And um, that's kind of worked out pretty well for us so far. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I really enjoy the style of artwork. Um, I was looking at your shop earlier. There's one that's like a plant lady. And I'm like, yeah, yes, that's me. Yeah, she's new. <laughs> yeah, she's new. And that actually, the so we've got two new designs that are literally arriving in the country as we speak from our manufacturer. And uh, they are completely different. One's really bright and bold. And the other one is, yeah, the plant lady, um, which is much more muted and stuff. I've done both puzzles. They are both such different experiences to actually (laughs) put them together and they really speak to two quite different customers Mm. um and that's something that we've had the benefit now of of having been in business for a little while and seeing which which designs are seem to be more popular than others and that sort of thing and so then I made those decisions yeah based on what my gut feel was after Mm. having um having seen what's happened over the last sort of 18 months or so yeah 
Yeah. And so let's talk about another aspect of your story and of your business story. And that's sort of the purpose behind jigsaw puzzles. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about why they are important to you and why you, you know, the sort of people you're trying to reach with this particular product? Yeah. So the original, I mean, and this stuff just all stems from my own experience and the experience of friends and family of mine. And I just sort of thought, well, if we're feeling this way, then maybe others will too. Really, it's really difficult to find time for yourself and to make time for yourself these days. A little bit less so for us in Melbourne recently. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, it's I just think as um, women in the world and friends and mothers and sisters and, you know, workers and parents and, you know, all the different hats that we wear and that sort of thing, it's um, increasingly hard for us to find time for ourselves and, and to use that time even when we do get it to do something that's actually it properly helps you unwind. Mm. And that's where I think jigsaw puzzles fit in really nicely. I think they help you unwind. Well, I know they help me unwind in a way that is very different to just scrolling on my phone or watching a TV show or, mm. or that kind of thing. I just... I think, I mean, they are, you know, they've been, there's some, um, you know, evidence about the place, about the, you know, the good things they do for your brain, your serotonin mm-hmm. levels, your, they help with stress reduction. There are all these incredible benefits that come from doing something tactile with your hands that sort of can be quiet as you're doing it. You can do it with other people. You can do it on your own, like whatever, whatever kind of, whatever feels best for you. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's kind of a, they provide a bit of a reason to stop and do something chill and quiet and rejuvenating. And they make great gifts in that way as well. Like we have, mm. we sell so many that people send off directly to someone with these gorgeous messages of just, you know, um, wellness and self-care and love and um, all this sort of thing. And I just think that's such a, that's such a gorgeous thing, you know, just having something pretty in your house that reminds you to stop and take some time out for yourself. It reminds me of fishing for men. Yeah, totally. That's right. just their excuse to go sit quietly on the to water and, yeah. by themselves or maybe You're with a mate. absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> just relax and not have yeah. to do anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So if you can carve yourself out a little bit of time and sit there with a, you know, beautiful puzzle, I just reckon that's a cracker. That's great. Yeah, and it's a, it's a form of meditation or meditative activity that yep. could work for people who meditation per se, you know, traditional yep. mindless, med- mindless <laughs> mindfulness <laughs> meditation yes. doesn't work for. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I actually fall into that, that category. I've tried meditation so many times. I know how good it is for people and mm. I just can't seem to do it. But, yeah, but I find puzzles just a really nice way to, yeah, just disconnect you from everything that's going mm-hmm. on it just and it you just get those little bumps of joy when you put a few pieces together or if you've been staring at one section <laughs> for a while and then finally you find that bit you need and you pop it into place and it just you know just gives you that little buzz and I just think there's it, it's such a simple it's such a simple product they've been around forever and ever and ever but just super effective in this day and age you know i just Mm. think with all the stimulation that we have and the busy lives we lead and stuff like that to stop and do something like a puzzle just really uh, there's great benefits in it definitely 
Yeah, it's funny. I've never been a jigsaw person or a puzzle person in general. Puzzles, yeah. generally puzzles annoy me. Um, yeah, not jigsaw yeah. puzzles, but like other sorts of puzzles. If yeah. I can't figure it out immediately, uh, I don't want to do it. And I think it's also for me, it's like I spend my, my life fixing real world puzzles, you know, like running yes. a business, you know, I'm, yes. you're fixing problems and stuff. I'm like the last thing I want to do to relax <laughs> yeah. is to do another puzzle. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a reader, so I just read novels. But honestly, hearing you talk about the jigsaw puzzles there, it's like, yeah, maybe I should give that a go. <laughs> yeah. It actually sounds pretty nice. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I totally hear you on the, um, yeah, it feels just like, it, 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 like all sort of self-care things, they can end up feeling a bit like a job, um, which is definitely <laughs> not what we what we're trying to kind of get people to do or you know we definitely don't want people to feel like they've just got another job to do but just to maybe reconsider the jigsaw puzzle as a potential a potential kind of way to unwind because they really do and people do them in all different ways too Mm. right so like I I can't do one in one sitting I I go away I come back I you know that's the I I like to do them in little sort of fits and spurts and I have music playing at the same time and all of that sort of stuff. And obviously I have to do (laughs) puzzles for different reasons now because, you know, they need to be put together to be framed and different things like that. I think another important part of this whole thing and something that leapt out at me when I was reading your sort of about page that is really important is the lo-fi element, like getting off our devices and doing something either by ourselves, you know, just somewhere quiet, as you said, or Mm. even you could do it with, someone else if you wanted to you know and have yeah. have that as a way to sort of foster just being together quietly or having a conversation yeah I think that's really important these days yeah absolutely that whole sort of disconnection and doing something tactile with your hands and something that's that's a real thing in front of you rather mm-hmm. than looking at screens and that sort of thing there's just um there's something really sort of replenishing about that and certainly we I mean when I went into this I my thinking was all based around you know myself and the way I do things and I was like okay well I like to do a puzzle on my own um you know quite quietly and that sort of thing and then I discovered a whole crew of women out there who love to puzzle with their mates over wines and they do it um regularly you know like get together (laughs) for little you know cheese and wine night sort of things you know kind of probably like a book club type situation but instead they sit around the table and just slowly over time put together a jigsaw puzzle which I thought was amazing that's just I was so excited when I found out people (laughs) did that I was like what a great idea why did that not occur to me how can I get in one of these groups (laughs) yeah totally And then that we deliberately with the whole, you know, we don't want to, we don't want it to feel like a job. We don't want it to feel like a hard thing to do. We certainly don't want it to feel like just another thing you have to do. Yeah. Um, But we, that's why we make them 400 pieces because they're just hard enough that they provide a bit of challenge, but they're not too hard that they become this big thing. So they're, they're kind of, we, we get a lot of requests from people for bigger puzzles. And I know there's a lot of great puzzlers out there who would love um, much, much bigger ones from us. But we deliberately keep it in this sort of, this slightly smaller piece count space for that reason, mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be just something you can do to sort of replenish and they're not supposed to be overwhelming. So we get, we get generally get some pretty good feedback from people to, to say that, 
they they were sort of a bit like oh 400 pieces you know that's kind of small but they were pleasantly surprised that then that provided still a bit of challenge and you know just enough to kind of give them a bit of space to chill out and you know still enjoy it even though it wasn't the big thousand piece or two thousand piece (laughs) whopper I think crafters which is obviously the majority of people listening to this podcast yeah. will really relate to that, that idea yeah. of doing something with your hands mm. um, as a relaxing thing. And yeah. I, I often say to them, you know, a lot of people who do a craft for that reason, you know, as a hobby, as a, as a way to wind down, as a way to disconnect from all the worries in your head and things like that. Yeah. But when you turn it into a business, that changes your relationship with it. Have you found your relationship to puzzles has changed since you've turned it into a business? Not as much as I would have thought, actually. Um, I still really enjoy doing my puzzles, even though I often have to do them under a bit of pressure <laughs> these days. <laughs> it's, um, you know, I usually need one put together for a photo shoot or something or something or other, so I have to, you know, sit down and, and do them. It's never, yeah, never good to do them under any time pressure. That's horrible. But, no, I, I interestingly, I am still not bored with puzzles and I'm not bored with mine either, which is great because I've got a lot of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, and I buy a lot of other puzzles too. Um, mm. I buy, I, I mean, I buy puzzles for my kids but I'm always sort of you know keeping my eyes peeled for what other people are doing in this space and buying theirs to check out their packaging and you know different bits and pieces and have a go at doing their puzzles and see how they're different to mine and that sort of thing so no so far a couple of years in it has not ruined the joy of puzzling for me that is good yes yeah now I'm curious because sort of the world has changed in the last six months, mm. obviously being in Melbourne more so for you guys than pretty much anyone else in Australia. Yeah. Have you found sales changing in this time as well? Like increasing, decreasing, changing where um, they're going to? Yeah, definitely. So first lockdown, the sales were quite strong, um, which was amazing considering, well, not amazing considering what was going on. I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, mm. People were spending a lot more time at home and looking for looking for these kinds of things to do. Yeah, and, and look, that was super helpful because it was a time of year where we would normally be gearing up for a few markets and things like that that were then, you know, not happening. So it was great to be able to, to make some extra sales in that time. Things have definitely quietened down since. Mm. Um, well, I sell a lot of puzzles interstate. So right. um, we, we've got quite a strong following here in Melbourne, but then, you know, a lot of them go into state as well. So obviously life is sort of back more back to normal for people in the rest of the country than it is um, here. But And also then, you know, I, I suppose there's a bit of an overarching issue for all of us now in terms of, you know, the economy is not quite mm. what it was and um, jobs are increasingly hard to come by for people and stuff like that. And I'm very well aware of the fact that my beautiful puzzles are are nice to have they're certainly mm. not a necessity so yeah so things have quietened down a little bit since but then we're, we're always trying to come up with new ways to kind of get in front of people and to um, team up with other you know businesses and sellers and things like that to provide you know extra value for people and mm. things are going well in the lead up to Christmas and of course yeah. with, I mentioned before we've got two new designs coming so the pre-sales of those have been really strong too which is um which has been lovely yeah, I think it's been a weird year for 
for craft mm. businesses, you know. Yeah. We, we saw a similar thing where in sort of April, May, sales went through the roof and then sort yep. of it's, it's petered off uh, yeah. since then. I think that's that was quite a common experience for yeah. a lot of people. So it's hard to it's hard to gauge sort of where the future will be going when yeah, it comes to running a business. Incredibly hard. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Um, one of the biggest challenges I have in my business is forecasting because my um, puzzles are made offshore, and the reason they're made offshore is because there actually is no one here in Australia, unfortunately, who does commercial quantities of puzzle printing. Wow. Um, I have thought a number of times of buying a printing press myself and taking over this space, but we're not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> maybe one day. But, yeah, so the the lead times in that and the, um, the planning that goes into bringing that stock in is um, something that, yeah, I still seriously struggle with. And, mm. yeah, and these uncertain times just add to that because you sort of, yeah, it's very, very hard to pick where your sales are going to go. Mm. Mm. And do you ship overseas as well or are you only Australian-based at the moment? We do some overseas. Um, we Yeah, so I accept orders from overseas, but the, the shipping costs are pretty pretty intense. So I think that keeps most people <laughs> away from ordering through our website. But, um, yeah, I do send the, send the odd one or two. And it, it's not, from a marketing perspective, it's not something that we focus on. We focus primarily on Australia at the moment. Yeah, I mean, who knows where we'll end up in the future. But for now, it's um, yeah, pretty much just the Australian market. Do you want to learn how to sell more online? I have a free video workshop just for you. It's called the 10 essential keys to successfully sell handmade products online. And it'll take you through the absolute key factors that will help you to unlock the door of successful online selling to get access to it right now for free. Head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's createandthrive.com forward slash one zero. So what size, just out of curiosity, what size are the puzzles once they're done? Uh, they're 52 by 52 centimetres, so they're square. Nice. So we went through a really big, long process in the beginning of kind of reimagining and redesigning every part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So from the size of the pieces to the thickness to the printing to the size of the finished puzzle to the packaging, um, everything has been changed from a standard size it would have been very easy to go and find a manufacturer who prints puzzles and just you know to stick our designs on them and um and go forward but we wanted to create something a bit special and Mm. something pretty and something that you actually want to put on your mantelpiece rather than stick away in a cupboard and yeah I was going to say is there an Ikea frame that fits these by any chance uh so there are we've got a a whole series (laughs) of blog posts on our website that cover off self-framing um because it's something we get asked about a lot um so yes very there's a there's a whole bunch of them in there all different ways to um to 
frame your puzzle when you're ready. Again, that was something that was not on my radar at all in the beginning. It's not something that I had ever even thought about doing. Mm. And then once we started selling them, we started getting uh, inquiry after inquiry after inquiry. Everybody wanted to know about framing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was something that I'd, I'd missed in the beginning, but, um, but it's very popular to do. Yeah, man, like that that uh, plant lady one. I would totally like in my office. I don't, you can't see my office, but it's like filled with plants. I'm like, that would look real good on my wall. Totally <laughs> right, in amongst all your plants. Yeah, yeah. I know. I need to organise a photo shoot with that one and a whole bunch of plants, don't I? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, heaps of people put heaps of people frame them, and they often yeah will shoot me a photo or pop a photo up on social media after they've done it, which I love. It's awesome. It's That's so great cool to see them. Proof. Yeah, it's so great to see them in people's homes too and just mm. see them, you know, loved where, yeah, it's it's a pretty incredible business this. We get a lot of, like, the far, the vast majority of feedback we get from people and from formal actual reviews on the website through to just, you know, notes via email or DM or whatever. It's so, they're so positively received, which mm. just makes every you know, hour of work and effort that went into those beginning stages of trying to create something different and special out of a bit, out of a product that had, you know, that everybody knows that's been around mm. for ages. Um, it's really paid off and we, yeah, it's just, it's a, you know, we do have hard days, but it's um, on the, for the most part, it's a really positive business and we've got a really positive customer base and crew of people who just are incredibly supportive and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a real gift. Have you found that um, sort of word of mouth has been one of your best marketing tools? Like what sort of is up there with the things that have really gotten the word out about your business? I don't, I, yeah, I'm not sure about word of mouth. That's sort of, it's a bit harder to gauge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, I, I think we definitely do get a bit of that. We get a lot of, a lot of people gifting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I often do see that then I get sales from people who have been given one. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, and that's, that's sort of, yeah, that's something that I can see a little bit when, you know, when the sales come through my website and I, you know, packing and sending and things, and then the same names come up again and <laughs> stuff, um, which is, yeah, super nice. We spend a lot of time and effort on Instagram, particularly. Mm-hmm. So I could put the majority of our, of our kind of, um, of the interest we get from people and the people's understanding of, of who we are and what we do from definitely from Instagram. It's, um, it's been our big number one focus for, oh, since before we even had stock. I mean, mm-hmm. we started, we started working on that. I work with an incredible, incredible, incredible woman, Anthea, who um, looks after my social media for me. She started in uh, November of 2018, so we and we didn't have stock until March, April. Mm-hmm. So just starting to build build an audience before we even had anything to show them, and try to kind of get our messaging out there and that sort of stuff. And that's that's really paid off. We've got a really really great crew of people who follow us on Instagram and who are really engaged and really are really big supporters, which is great. So what have been some of the strategies that have you've employed in order to grow that Instagram community? I mean, the number one strategy was is paying somebody 
who is a professional in this space to look after it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that's easy to do financially and it's not, it's certainly, I understand, not, um, not something for everyone. But when I decided to create this business and invest in it, there are a few bits and pieces that I, I kind of decided in the beginning were where the focus needed to be. Um, so the design of the puzzles themselves was one of those. Um, and obviously there's a lot of cost in, in manufacturing. And then social media and particularly Instagram, just because it's such a beautiful visual product, mm-hmm. was something that I decided to invest in from the get-go. And so uh, Anthea is in is sort of in charge of that strategy in a lot of ways and she directs that um, in a way that's quite, strategic in terms of you know posting and um, collaborating with others and sharing you know a lot for a long time we didn't even have any photography so we were just sharing um, other people's artwork and you know obviously always crediting them and stuff like that and and we still do but it's sort of um, that created a bit of a vibe and a, a bit of a community I suppose for us on Instagram that allowed us to share the kind of messaging and the philosophy behind the business and behind the brand before we even had a product to sell because it's such a big part of what we're trying to do is that you know build that community and spread the you know spread the word about taking care of yourself and taking time out for yourself and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure if you were talking to Anthea, she'd be able to fill you in on a million different um, <laughs> tips and tricks and things that she does on a daily basis and makes it look like magic. But, yeah, she's um, she's done an incredible job. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm involved as, as well um, in terms of talking to people and that sort of thing. And, yeah, but it's, um, it's definitely something that is – it's not – easy to find the money to do but Mm. for me and our business I find I've found that it has been a complete invaluable Mm -hmm. yeah and do you do wholesaling as well so getting your your puzzles out into retail shops around the place yes I do um I don't actively promote it Mm -hmm. but I get a lot of inquiries that are just sort of organic you generally via Instagram Mm -hmm. so yeah we do we stock in a whole bunch of I think we're probably I think we're up at about sort of 30 35 wholesale customers at the moment selling online through my website is my number one focus Mm -hmm. um but definitely from a an exposure perspective it's really nice to to get those puzzles into various shops and stuff so yeah so it's not a focus in terms of something that we actively go after but it's certainly something we're set up for and and we've got some really great really great retail partners that we work with and yeah so i mean it's always a bit of a a bit of a mixed bag like some have come and gone because that's you know that the, the they've not worked particularly well in their store for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Others have just reordered again and again and again and find them really successful. So it's sort of, and actually the majority of our, of our wholesale customers are interstate. We don't actually, and, and are in country areas. We don't have okay. that many in Melbourne as such. They're more about the place and lots of, yeah, lots of country areas, which is really cool. That's really interesting. I wonder if it, mm. like a puzzle is still more of a country activity. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I need to have a chat with a few of my few of my wholesale customers, don't I? And pick their brains and find yeah. out what's going on out there. But, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned right back in the beginning that you have a corporate sort of business background. Yeah. Are there certain uh, 
pieces of knowledge or wisdom that you brought across from that that has paid off really well in this new business venture? Just a determination to make it work so I didn't have to go back and get a corporate job again, <laughs> basically. Oh, look, I, I look back on that time and, and, and it's like it was, it was great when I was younger. I think I found, and I think a lot of people find this, that once you have a family, you have some kids, uh, the hours don't work so well. It's very hard to find flexibility. And I found after having uh, a few sort of times out of that space, I found it really hard to kind of keep my career going. And also in the end, I sort of, my heart just wasn't in it. So, yeah, and so what I was doing was so sort of uh oh it was so it was so different to what I do now but I mean it was in sort of you know corporate sales and marketing and stuff mm. like that so it wasn't you know not yeah yeah I suppose not completely different but just you know completely different in that you know, selling to Coles and Woolies and stuff like that like you know these huge huge businesses that mm. have focus on far different things to what I focus on in my business I suppose there's a few kind of overarching ideas of general principles of sales and things like that that you kind of I don't know but I I think the majority of knowledge that I brought into this business I built up myself over time while I was working in those jobs but that didn't actually come from those jobs right so um, I was lucky to have (laughs) one job for a few years there where like the workload was really kind of low and I won't say who I was working for, but um, I had a lot of spare time in that mm-hmm. role and we were in a sales office, so we weren't sort of at head office, so you could sort of hide a little bit. And so in that time, I taught myself things like how to build a website and just became obsessed with like um, digital marketing and mm-hmm. like teaching myself how to do um, different bits and pieces. So that grounding and and the confidence that came from having learnt about that sort of stuff is what helped me do this I used to have a blog like a nutrition blog that I used to write years ago which taught me heaps about you know content online and Mm. social media and different things like that I mean you know these things have all changed considerably since those days but that's kind of what I I brought into things um and so I I you know I was confident enough to build our website myself and to to know that Shopify was the way for me to go in terms of, you know, setting up setting up that website and to see that, you know, investing in, in having a social media manager and um, focusing on Instagram and stuff like that would be beneficial to the business and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there were a few a few things in that area that, yeah, that definitely gave me the confidence that I might not have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think that confidence is really important. Like a lot of people who are starting out in sort of small business, online business world, don't have that any of that experience. And so they really lack confidence as to if it's possible for them oh, to totally. figure it out because yeah. it's, it's a very steep learning curve at the beginning. Oh, you don't have yeah. that background. Yeah. Sorry, I do. keep talking over the top of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so agreeing with what you're saying. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I actually did say to myself before we started recording this, now remember, don't talk over the top of Jess because when I get excited, I just, I I know I do it all the time. It's terrible. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's showing your enthusiasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, am, I am definitely enthusiastic. And I'm enthusiastic about this topic particularly because rightly or wrongly, I quit my job and blindly, you know, chucked myself into this world. And I am very lucky that I have a a partner in my husband who said to me from the beginning, you know what, even if it's a flop, you'll learn heaps, don't worry about it, which took the financial pressure off me Mm -hmm. and made me kind of go, okay, it's okay to have a crack. Not that I needed his approval, but just it, when you share a life with someone and you've got kids and stuff, it's like, well, you actually <laughs> do have to sort of answer to them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It? Just as he does to me um, as well. So um, that was really helpful. And I, yeah, I think, I think in the beginning I knew just enough to make a few right decisions and I didn't understand a few other things well enough to let them scare me. So, um, <laughs> And I'd gotten to a point with my job where I was just like, I cannot spend another day doing this. Mm. And then I fell pregnant about, oh, God, when was it? A couple of months later. And we'd been trying to have another baby for ages. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly think this, like having quit my job and starting this and just feeling so much happier in myself, I just think it made a huge difference for us. So that for the first 12 months of OK Lady, I was... Um, pregnant and with small baby which was also pretty crazy but yeah um, it sounds pretty challenging (laughs) I was full on it was full on but it was you know it was great as well because I was I was excited about what I was doing and I had flexibility that if I needed to have a nap in the afternoon I could and all that sort of stuff and it certainly came with a lot of stress as well but I didn't know any different I just Mm. I just did it because that's what I was doing and just got on with it I suppose and sometimes I look back on it now and just think how did I do that but <laughs> you just do don't you mm. you just once you get going it's kind of um yeah just having a crack and hope things work out and I think confidence is um difficult for all of us it's uh, I certainly have my days where I just think oh my god what am I doing this is just madness um <laughs> but that's where again you know going back to making those few decisions in the beginning about investing in in having some help in the right mm. areas, um, having the confidence to know that the wor- all the work I was doing on, on the packaging and on creating this product and the back and forth with China and all this sort of stuff, as long as it went on for and as tedious and as hard as it was to kind of get through that period, I knew I was going to have something great at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so that, and working with Maria, our designer, who's just endlessly talented and, you know, really experienced in this space as well, just gave me the confidence to know that we were going to end up with something great. And, and working with Anthea as well, gave me confidence because we could we were building an audience Mm -hmm. so you're not you you are for a long time kind of talking to no one Mm -hmm. but you you pull yourself out of that that early stage quicker I think that was that was what helped me feel more confident about what I was doing and so yeah I would probably just say to other people if you if you are able to to get some help in those areas from people who are experienced in your field or your space um, in in doing those kinds of things, it can really make a huge difference. Like it's a it's hard to find the money, but it's it can mean it can mean all the difference in terms of your success and your capacity to kind of stick with it and mm-hmm. keep going and find some success. 
yeah, and it probably cuts down on the, the sort of time it takes to get momentum as well. I think so. Yeah, I think it, um, it, we by no means are we like some big behemoth kind of business now. We're still <laughs> super little. It's, you know, all of our profits go back into more designs and more puzzles and, you know, more stock and all of that sort of stuff. But we have had a, a level of success so far that is, you know, has been really, really great and really um, enough to help us to feel that, yeah, we've got something here and we're going somewhere with it and helps me pull myself out of bed on those harder days. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of bed, what's uh, starting in the morning, what's the kind of typical day look like for you? Do you have a typical day or is it more like a typical week? I have a, yeah, I suppose I do have a typical day. Um, my days are very muchly dictated by my sons, um, mm-hmm. the youngest of which is about 18 months old now. So <laughs> I, as much as I would love to say I have this incredible like morning routine that I get up and do, my morning routine is basically waking up to my boys and getting them what they need and that sort of thing. But, yeah, so I, I am trying to build a bit more structure into my days. The whole, the great thing about running your own business is that you have the flexibility to kind of um, make your days what you would like them to be a lot of the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. So, yeah, so I'm able to kind of build it around my boys a bit. So once I get them off to where they need to be in the morning, yeah, it's basically, you know, a bit of customer service stuff and um, packing and sending orders and that kind of thing and yeah, then looking at my very long list of to-dos that <laughs> would have been done months ago that still kind of end up there and trying to focus in the afternoon like most people, I think. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there are a few things that w- with running a product-based business that just have to happen almost daily, mm-hmm. um, you know, the packing and sending and that kind of stuff. We're certainly not at a level of being able to outsource any of that. That's still very much me from the storage shed um (laughs) and will be for some time yet i'm sure but that's okay it's um it's kind of you know sometimes it's nice to just get in there and muck around with boxes and (laughs) listen to a podcast but yeah i don't i don't really um i have to actively carve out space for myself to do any kind of creative work or bigger Mm. project stuff because yeah the the day-to-day is very is very much just reactive depending on sales and depending on what's happening at the time and depending mm-hmm. on my children <laughs> basically <laughs> so I'm i assu- react i'm assuming you're the primary caregiver in that case yeah i look i am because i've got the flexibility um i've got a lot more flexibility than my husband so well i that hasn't been true over the last couple of months matt and i've kind of just been in doing it together but we yeah we've we have a pub in the city that Matt runs which will be opening up again tomorrow which is very exciting um but he does some pretty crazy hours yes I imagine yeah so while he's I mean he's wonderful he's really hands-on with the boys and stuff I I do sort of um take the lead in terms of just making sure everybody gets to where they need to and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, I, but I, you know, I get plenty of time through the day once the boys are off at school and can take care and stuff to, mm-hmm. um, to get what I need done for OK Ladies. So it's sort of generally in, a, in, a <laughs> in, in an ideal week, it works really well. In a normal week, God knows what ends up happening. But, um, yeah, it's um, just, you know, I think like most families, it's, we get by. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. It'll be a bit of adjustment, I an, an adjustment, I imagine, now going back to how sort of things were before lockdown. Yeah, actually, I was just thinking about that this morning and just thinking, while well, I am so pumped for this, like, please don't, don't get me wrong, this is not a complaint. I just thought to myself, oh, God, I'm not going to have Matt around so much anymore now. <laughs> that's that was sort of, that had gotten really comfortable. That yeah, was quite nice. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just the reality of, of how things are. He's, yeah. he's super hands-on in, in the pub. He's the publican. Um, so he's, um, you know, he's got to be there a lot of yeah. the time. So whereas, you know, that's, that's the beauty of my business. I can kind of be at home or I can mm. be on the go and stuff. And it's, it's a bit more flexible in that way. Which works really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about being stuff. I mean, my husband works with me at home as well. So, yeah, yeah it's really nice having that flexibility for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just something I've gotten to an age and stage in my life where I just I couldn't go back and work for anyone else. I just can't. I, no. I just, I'm, too, I'm too old and cranky now. <laughs> I, need, I need my flexibility. I need my, to be able to call my own shots. As stressful as it is and... You know, you have so many nights where you just think to yourself, far out, why don't I just get a boring old normal job and <laughs> cut myself some slack? But, nah, this is it for me now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn back. I hear, I hear. Yeah. So do you, have a, do you have any sort of solid plan for where you want the business to go in the future or is it kind of flying by the city of your pants at this stage? I'm doing a little bit of forward planning at the moment. The focus over the last couple of years has been just, you know, sort of trying to establish ourselves a bit, build up a bit of an audience, go through the process of, well, sort of see how the first um, print run would sell and Mm -hmm. then go through the process of getting some new designs into the collection, which we've done now. And yeah, so the next stage for me is to start looking at other products. Mm -hmm. So outside of the puzzle space and into a couple of um, a couple of other products, I'm very 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 early stages of starting to think about that. But um, I've got a few ideas and a few things I'm going to try and sort of flesh out. But yeah, it's taken me a while to kind of decide if that was even something I wanted to do, um, or whether I just you know maybe wanted to do just just jigsaw puzzles and just different sizes of jigsaw puzzles and different designs and that sort mm. of thing. But as we've gone along, I do think. I think there's a bit of space for collaborating with a few other a few other people to sort of in slightly different ways rather than just going with, you know, artworks to put on puzzles, maybe looking at other types of products that other people are making, maybe teaming up with some people and um, creating some, you know, some new things. So, yeah, that's, um, that's some, some planning, bigger thinking work <laughs> that I need to to carve some time out for at some point over the next couple of months. But that's sort of, that's where my head's at for the end of the year, really. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Christmas is big for us and there's a lot of work to be done there. But in terms of future planning, yeah, just thinking about maybe expanding into a couple of new products and just see, test the waters a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And, yeah. you know, with your brand, you, you haven't really locked yourself in specifically you know with your your brand name no. and stuff like that so yeah that's right so i'm thinking about now yeah kind of taking that brand and expanding it into a few other things and just yeah i don't know test the waters a bit hmm. i'll yeah. be excited to see what you do hmm. Thanks. <laughs> so for those who would like to get their hands on one of your puzzles where should they go yeah so you can find us um 
uh, our website is www.oklady.com.au. We sell all our puzzles there and I will ship it out to you with love. <laughs> and uh, we're probably most predominantly in terms of social media. You can find us at on Instagram at okladyau is our handle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're most active there. We do, you know, we're on Facebook and a couple of other places, but we don't really, um, we're definitely not as active there. So you can generally see what we're up to and what we're all about. Um, yeah, via Instagram or the website. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Christy. It's been a pleasure to chat with you about your business. Ah, oh, thanks so much for having me, Jess. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or over on my Facebook page. Just search Create and Thrive on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you enjoy about the show. And uh, yeah, it helps other people to find the show as well when uh, we get ratings over on Apple Podcasts. So that would be fantastic. If you listen on Spotify, I'd love it if you share this in your Instagram stories. There's literally just a button on Spotify, a little share button, and you can share this podcast episode directly to your Instagram stories via that share button, which is pretty cool. So if you did enjoy it, please do share this or any other episode of the podcast. I'd love to reach as many makers as possible with the show. Thanks again, and I'll be back again soon with another episode. Bye for now.